Hi, welcome to Reverse Sequels. This is Patrick, and with me, as always, is... Ellie! And on today's podcast, it's Daddy's Home 2, Part 2. We're talking about the original Daddy's Home. That's right. And similar to Daddy's Home 2, Daddy's Home centers around two dads, Brad and Dusty, and their attempts to get along together and find their place between being a father and being a dad. And what's the difference in the lives of their stepkids and being a stepdad? Beautiful (laughs) recap. I just want to say I looked at the Wikipedia page on it to see if there's any cool research tidbits, and I read the first sentence of the Wikipedia plot summary. Okay. And I was like, wait, what? I knew you way better than mine? No. It says, mild-mannered radio executive Brad Whitaker struggles to be a good stepfather to his wife's two children and is seemingly sterile after an accident to his testicles some years ago. That's the first line. I was like, wait, I don't think the testicle accident is like so central to the plot that that would be the first line of the description. I don't know if the testicle accident is, but his sterility plays a role. It does play a role, but I don't know. Accident to his testicles. Which, I, so what happens is that the he goes to the dentist and they accidentally x-ray his balls a bunch of times? Yeah. Would that really make you sterile? Well... I don't know if it would make you sterile, but they do a lot of precautions. You're wearing a lead vest. It's going to do something. I like it when the technician says, that's a weird looking tooth. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. So should we get into what we got right, what we got wrong, and what we could have never predicted? Of course. What do we want to start with? Let's start with rights because I feel like we killed it in this movie. Yeah. We got a lot of rights. I think we were both right in predicting that Brad was going to be this nice guy. It's going to be a change of pace from Linda Cardellini's former husband, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. And they they really played that up more than I had even thought. Yeah, he's like Super Mr. Nice. I actually liked his character better in this one. In the second one, he was too over the top that I couldn't even take him seriously Do as a you human really being. Think so? In this one, I felt like it was a little more grounded in reality. What I think is interesting is how your Wikipedia summary just painted him as a radio executive. I never got that impression. I thought he worked at a jazz radio station. I mean, he does have an office. I know, but that just sounded more commanding in his authority. He's more of like a middle manager who is like not respected by his boss at all. He's mild-mannered. I predicted that he would be starting to get along with the kids when Dusty would come back into the picture. Yeah. And I have a lot of rights that are coupled with wrongs, either mine or yours. So oh, okay. that's kind of hard. I don't know if we want to bounce between. Because I predicted that, he, like I said, he would get along with the kids, but I predicted that Linda Carlini would have introduced him to the kids, and that was wrong. They already had a well-established relationship. Yes. I correctly predicted Mark Wahlberg had just run away and abandoned his family. Yeah. All right, that's my biggest wrong, so let's not go there yet. <laughs> but yeah, you were right on that. I did get right all of the cameos from the second one that I thought would be in the first one. Right, and those are my wrongs. Pepe the Driver. Shows up. Bill Burr. I thought he was going to be something different, but Bill Burr is in it. 
And uh, John Cena is also in it. John Cena, I agreed to. So that's in my right column. I predicted um, for my cameo that we would get a male comedian. And we do get Hannibal Burris. Well, that's very generous to yourself. Mm. I think there will be a male comedian. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, my exact prediction was Tim Meadows, but I guess it's a little dated. I have to update it. So I think Hannibal Burris is a contemporary comedian. We also both correctly predicted that Brad would die. Yes. And I thought there were actually two deaths. Yeah. So he almost died in the motorcycle accident. I also predicted that he would... um, wreck Dusty's motorcycle. I think I got it a little backwards. I thought it was something like he wrecked Dusty's car with a motorcycle, but no, he wrecked his own car with Dusty's motorcycle. Right. That he rode through the house, and then he went through a wall. We thought he was dead there. I want to talk about that motorcycle accident. Oh, go for it. I was very... What's the word? I I love... Turned on? (laughs) (laughs) I love the attention to detail. After the motorcycle accident, when Linda Cardellini is going through the house and you see the tire marks. Yeah. They start on the ground as he came in. They went up the stairs and then he like turned onto the wall and then the bike kept going. And I thought it was an accurate portrayal (laughs) of where he would have flown off and landed. I thought the physics in the motorcycle accident were represented really well. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point because what happens is... He's moving the motorcycle to, like, open up the garage so Linda Cardellini can get out or something. And he accidentally drives back inside the house. And then the next thing you see is the motorcycle flying out the window on the top floor. And you are kind of like, wait, how did that happen? It did, like, a circle. So I guess they set that up in the inside yeah, the house. It was really well done. And I think where he landed in the wall, at first you would think, oh, that's ridiculous. But no, I think it accurately showed I mean, the where whole, he would have flown off the motorcycle. For how ridiculous the idea is that a motorcycle would drive through your house, come out your front window and land on your car, it was plausible to me. It, first, yes. The first time I ever drove a car, I actually backed out of the driveway and then just did a circle and reverse right back up onto my front lawn and was real close to just crashing through my parents' front window. Oh, wow. Daddy's but, home is getting <laughs> real. But I did. Oh. But if I was on a motorcycle, who, who knows what would have happened? That's like the first time I rode a go-kart. I flipped it on its side. Oh, my God. You did? And I had to be pried off of a wall with a giant <laughs> prying stick. We got our own comedy movie I think, you know what? Daddy's Home is just hitting home. (laughs) Um, Okay, and then Brad also dies through, uh, he gets electrocuted. And I think that's his true death. I think that is the true death. So yeah, so also electrocution, similar to the first one. Although this one was not his fault. This was actually one of my favorite scenes in the movie. I was so mad at this scene. Why? Because they're in this competition of one-upmanship. Which we accurately predicted. Yes. Dusty builds this whole treehouse half pipe in the backyard. He's doing these great skate tricks. Then all of a sudden, Brad says, oh, yeah, I used to be one of those, what were they (laughs) called? The Baker Boys of Encino or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And he launches off the roof and is about to have, like, a redemptive moment. Yeah. But then he flies too high and gets electrocuted. He hits a power line and gets electrocuted. I thought that was real great. So so Mark Wahlberg is skating. I don't think he's really doing any great tricks. He just like 
can skateboard in the half pipe. And then it turns out, like, Brad was a skater back in the day, and he gets his skateboard out, and he drops into the half pipe from the roof. That, regardless of what happened after that, he topped Dusty. So I, I think feel like so. he won. But then he died. But I think it's interesting that he died in the same way he died in the last one. I Electrocution. Yeah. I like that. Well, I'd say I think the second one's a little lazy for having him electrocuted again. I have a lot to say. I got, we got to get to our <laughs> okay. questions. Um, and then my other right is I thought Marky Mark would be more badass in this one. I feel like he is. Like, he drives a motorcycle. He's got leather jackets. He, he's I, a little more tough. Although he is still doing the Marky Mark high-pitched voice comic acting thing. But I he's a little more badass. Can't okay. I get that they portray him as more badass, but I can't. I don't like him. He's less likable. I thought it was interesting in his introduction. They do the same thing they do for the dads in Daddy's Home too. Yeah, have him coming down the escalator uh, yeah, at the airport. A, a lot of parallels. I thought that was nice, and I like how he kind of gets a taste of his own medicine at the end with John Cena. So that's we also predicted. So we predicted the end of the movie would be Brad and Dusty would be friends and then the ending would be Marky Mark is now with the um, Victoria's Secret model who in this is supposed to be a doctor and a writer and then he, and then the last thing would be him meeting John Cena and being like, "Oh, I'm the stepdad now." So I feel like that is amazing that we predicted that accurately. Yeah. I think we did a good job. We nailed it. Okay, and at the end, we see Baby Griff, who we had predicted he was going to come later also, so that's at the very end. But let's talk about Baby Griff. He's a miracle baby, which is great, and he's named Griff, and we find out why. Well, that's in my never predicted. Okay, okay. There's so much for never predicted, I feel like we're touching on it. Yeah. For what we got wrong, like I was saying, along the way, if I had to say the rights, I had to say the wrongs. I got wrong that... Bill Burr and Pepe were in it. Um, I got wrong about the introducing to the kids. I was wrong that there would be something like a carnival, maybe, where they try to win prizes yeah. in their one-upmanship. They do. They go to a basketball game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you were right in the competition aspect, just not the specifics. Yeah. I think that's okay. But that's, I think that the fun is in the details. Yeah. Well, all right. So my biggest wrong is that I thought that Marky Mark would have just gotten out of prison. I've got a lot to say about this. For me, personally, it still doesn't make any sense. Where was he? Well, he's alluding to the fact, and Will Ferrell plays on this, where he's like, I think he kills people for a living. He talks about being in the Army and being in the Marines and being a Navy SEAL, but I always thought it was just bravado. Me too. That he's just like a... Blowing smoke. Blowing smoke. Full. He was full of shit. I don't know. I don't know where he was. He just couldn't hack it. He didn't want to be a dad. He runs off. Then when he finds out that... Linda Carlene has remarried, now all of a sudden he comes back and he shows up. Why? I don't get it. Why did he think that, like, they were going to get back together? Why did he... Why did he not come back until she was married with another man? Because he's portrayed as the alpha male. And the alpha can go and fly around like a bee buzzing from flower to flower. But as soon as a flower finds a new bee... I don't know. And then yeah. I think that's what it is. He had his territory threatened, and so he had to come and defend it. So what was he doing in wherever he was living? Because I thought that was all bullshit, too. Like, this this whole building up, like, he killed people for a living. But then, I don't know. In the second one, his dad was really supposed to be an astronaut, right? So, I don't know. Because this one was interesting. They built up a lot more on Marky Mark coming back and just being like... Like, if you're looking at it from Will Ferrell's perspective, like, this guy is... Like, everything he's not 
Like, the whole movie is like that meme, you versus the guy she told you not to worry about. He comes back in, he's, like, better looking, he's in better shape, he can fight, he rides a motorcycle, and then she even has a speech, oh, you know, like, he's just, it's all about passion and, you know, sexy and dangerous and fun. There's even a scene where we find out that he's got a way bigger penis than uh, Will Ferrell. We need to talk about Wait, so, oh, ah. so it would make sense in the context of the movie that he also does have this badass cool job where he's a, a, in the CIA or a secret soldier. I don't know what the hell they're trying to say that he does. So it would kind of make sense. But I don't know. But then why does he take a job as a radio announcer? Well, I think he just falls into it. And well, also, how does he become rich? Okay, I want to talk about a few things. One, we're quoting memes now. Is that- <laughs> Is that a new phenomenon? What? You can quote a meme, sure. Okay. (laughs) Which I'm a fan of. Don't get me wrong. But okay, quoting memes is hot. I don't know if it's hot, but it's what I'm I'm doing. Okay. (laughs) Two, I think uh, I would love to do a side-by-side of comparing him and Brad and just their qualities. Like, who wins? Let's do like a check mark. Okay. Also, I think for the, the voiceover thing... He just happened to be at the studio. He happens to have a golden voice. I did love that scene. Now he gets a residual check every time it's played, which is like 10 times a day. So he made a lot of money on accident. Right, but then he's in a mansion. By accident. What did you say? On accident? Yeah. I think either one is fine. I know, I know. Okay. So, first of all, how many people are listening to a smooth jazz station that he would get that much money? I think it's just whenever they play it. But on a smooth jazz station. But keep in mind... Nobody who did a voiceover for any radio station becomes a millionaire. Look, they're playing um, smooth jazz in elevators. They're playing them in grocery <laughs> stores. They're, it's, smooth jazz is probably the background to everyone's life. We don't even realize it. I didn't buy it. That took me out. They're of all living like kings. Now my question is, in the second one, he is like directing traffic mm. at the school. So... I thought that was his job. Yeah, I thought he was like a construction worker or something also masculine, but more blue collar. But was he just volunteering? I think maybe. Okay, now my question is, in the second one, there was this scene where they're fighting over money, and basically, like, Will Ferrell's like, we are paying for everything for the kids, and you guys aren't paying for anything. I took that to mean, like, Marky Mark was doing some kind of blue collar job, and they didn't have a lot of money. Well, he's a millionaire. He's in a mansion at the end. Yeah. So why, what was that scene all about? Who knows? Maybe he's smuggling it out. (laughs) I don't know. But, so, I don't know. Back to my original point. He's not fresh out of prison, which I don't like. So I was wrong about him coming out of prison, and I would, by proxy, I was wrong that Bill Burr was in his crew. That's not how we meet Bill Burr. Any other wrongs before we move on? Oh, I had a lot more. Oh, you didn't have any more wrongs? No. Oh, must be nice. List them. List them No down. drowning. No, I thought it would open with the proposal. Yeah. It doesn't. It opens. They're already married for six months. And no Chris Catan. That was my... Oh, that was your tomatoes. Yeah, that was my guess. But we both got Hannibal Burris. I want to give us a male comedian. No, that's... You can't just be predicting like, I think there will be a man in this movie. Okay, okay. Too general. Okay. All right, now let's get into Never Could Have Predicted. All right, I could have never predicted that there'd be two rhinos humping in this movie as the movie opened. 
So they're making the point about what it means to be a father or a dad. And if anyone remembers this, there used to be a commercial back in the 90s that was like, anyone could be a father, but it takes a real man to be a dad. I don't remember that. Um, And it was kind of like a PSA about... If you father a child, you need to be there for the child, right? Yeah, right. And so they show the rhinos humping and saying that Dusty is the father of the children. But then Brad, they do like a little montage. He's doing all the things that go along with being a dad. Right. So right? He's Which is the no, no he, glory, right? Exactly. He's taking them to all their activities and doing all that kind of stuff. But I think it's interesting that they make Brad a character who can't father children, supposedly. But is like, but kind of obsessed with like being a father. Yeah. And he like he's got this book called Step by Step Dad that he's yeah. reading the whole movie. Like he's really into wants to be a father, wants to be a good father. Every time the kids come to him for something, he starts crying. <laughs> yeah, there's a scene where the little girl asks him. She's like, "I gotta ask you something. Don't cry this time." <laughs> And then she talks about this father-daughter dance, and he starts bawling. That little girl is a scene stealer. Absolutely. The second one, she was amazing. This one, she's amazing. I want to see her in more movies. Yeah, I thought she was even better in this one. She really stole the show. Build a movie around this girl. She's a killer. Yeah, so the, well, so the opening kind of, so it opens with narration, which I thought was odd. Uh, not odd, but I was surprised by it because there's no narration in the second one. And then the little girl has drawn a picture for her stepdad, for Brad. And she just tells him flat out, this is me killing you. Yeah. And he's like, oh, what's this, a hat? She's like, no, that's homeless man poop on your head. Well, I like their back and forth because originally she said, that's a knife in your eye. <laughs> and there's poop on your head. And he's a like, dog poop? Oh, and yeah, she said, right. no, homeless man poop. <laughs> Yeah, she yeah she was killing the movie from that opening yep. scene. Like the way she delivered those lines was great. Then we found out he's actually happy about it because in all the pictures she'd drawn before, he was already dead. Yeah, so this so is progress. This is a step up. She, he's just in the middle of being killed. Well, I liked all that. I think a lot of the movie centers around she invites him to the daddy daughter dance. Yes, he loses his shit. He loses his mind completely to go to this daddy daughter dance. But then when her real daddy. It's hard to say real because this sucks a lot about co-parenting and stuff. Yeah. Then when her Her biological biological father father comes in, um, she kind of wants him to go. And he's not going to show up for her. So they have to depend on each other. And also, I do think that the father and kids is an important storyline. Yeah. I mean, the fact that he can't have kids of his own. Also, we find out Sarah really wants another child. Yes. And so Dusty's kind of using that to maybe get her back. But I thought it was interesting because Dusty introduces both of them to a doctor, fertility doctor, who ends up giving them good news. Yeah, yeah. That fertility doctor was one of my biggest never could have predicted. It's, what was that actor's name? Bobby Bo- Cannavale. He's so great in everything that he's in. He's always kind of plays like a slime ball, always kind of like an asshole. Um, but he was great. But I mean, he, that ball scene, that's one of my ne- biggest never could have predicted that they're in the fertility clinic and he like has Brad drop his pants and is basically telling Linda Cardellini like, these aren't, these aren't what balls should look like. You know, these are no good. She calls them her fuzzy little friends, which I was real creeped out by. Yeah. Furry little friends. And then he's like, oh, let me call Dusty in here. Calls Dusty in and has him drop his pants and be like, these are what balls should look like. Yeah. 
And he like lifts up his penis like it's like a like a lever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of good little gags in here. Yeah, I thought that that was real unprofessional though. I think I think Will Ferrell does call it out. Like, is this even ethical? Just <laughs> <laughs> like. Okay, this is going back a little bit, but one of my I put this down from I never could have predicted is that they play the Pixies as the intro music. Here comes your man. Oh, that was a nice choice. They had a lot of music throughout the whole movie that I thought was a nice touch. There were a couple other things. You see the one-upmanship with the guys starting from when they say goodnight to the kids. It starts there. I could have never predicted that there'd be this like storytelling thread running through. Yeah, so yeah, that is funny. Margie works reading the kids a story every night, and it's about a king who comes back, and there's an evil step king on the throne who he's trying to overthrow. Right, but then Brad comes in and continues the story from his point of view, so I think that that was a really interesting way of explaining the plot of the movie to the kids <laughs> as a bedtime story. Yeah, Mama, yeah, and then after that doctor scene, there's a part where the king is talking about how much bigger his sword is. The stepdad's like, well, actually, a lot of people prefer an average-sized sword. <laughs> Then I really like, they go out in the hall and they're still arguing about it. And Brad's like, and the step king. And then Mark, Mark's like, the kids aren't around. Why are you still talking yeah, like that? Yeah. I like there, that part. I mean, there were nice touches. What I could have never predicted. Ooh, this is probably the hardest part for me. Earlier, they're trying to teach the little boy about resolving conflict and fighting bullies. Mm-hmm. And Marky Mark is, of course, like, you got to stand up to a bully. You need to punch a bully in the face. Will Ferrell is like, no, you need to reason with the bully. Go that route. Later, at the daddy-daughter dance, we see the bullies. The bullies are three girls. Yeah. Which, one of my favorite scenes. (laughs) The little boy straight punches one of the girls in the face. And as she's down on the ground, says, you like that bitch? Which everyone is like, no, 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 no. Like, it's okay if it's a boy, but not okay if it's a girl. Which is a real confusing message for kids. For sure. But earlier when they're discussing the ways to resolve conflict, Brad says a popular means of conflict resolution is a dance-off, which we saw in Honey. Hannibal Burris backs him up. At the dance, the daddy-daughter dance, Bill Burr punches Marky Mark in the face. Right. Marky Mark has been built up this whole movie. He should have wailed on this guy. Yeah. He took the punch. He took the punch. And then he starts dancing because his daughter's watching. And he challenges him through dance-off. And diffuses the conflict using Brad's method. At first, I could have never predicted there'd be a (laughs) dance-off. Second, I never could have predicted he would take a punch. I didn't like it. Oh, really? (laughs) I didn't. Oh, I thought it was really nice. I thought it was really well done. I thought it was well done, but I wanted him to maybe get one more punch in and then dance it oh. off. So my thirst for blood surprised me. I think you didn't truly me. understand the message of Daddy's heart. I understood the message. I just, I don't like a sucker punch that goes unresolved. I'm, All right. I'm hell-bent on vengeance. Oh, I, yeah, I guess so. No, I thought it was really nice. <laughs> I thought so, too, because it showed his character growth. Exactly, yeah. It was like a really kind of yeah. like, I mean... This might be a weird thing to say about Daddy's Home, but I thought it was a really elegant way to show like he grew as a character. <laughs> I do too, but I, that's why I could have never predicted I would have wanted a slightly different <laughs> outcome. Well, you're like Linda Cardellini. She was like calling for blood the whole time, and Brad was the only one who was like, no, you should resolve it in other ways. But I also thought it was good because in that scene you're talking about where they're kind of training 
the kid, like, Marky Mark's trying to teach him how to fight. Brad's trying to tell him not to fight. But Brad's solution is also wrong. Yes. Because he was like, when I was picked on when I was a kid, I just ran away and I went to a different school and changed my name to Devin Lacecock. Yeah. Which I like that. <laughs> I like that name. I like that Marky Mark said, why would you say that out loud to a child? Um, so his method is also wrong. So when he's like, how else can you resolve conflict? And he, he just kind of pulls dance out of his ass. Like yeah. he's scrambling for something. No, so- I don't think he does. Oh, but that's not how he resolved conflict. Right, he right. resolved conflict by running away, which is also wrong. So I liked at the end, it was this beautiful kind of moment where Marky Mark has to make a decision. Do I retaliate? Do I fight violence with right. violence, which has been my way? Do I run away like, a you know, which would have been Brad's way? Or why don't we do this compromise that we've come up with? Because now we're going to compromise our styles in raising these children. This is the first start. Woo. I'm going to show my kids what to do. I'm going to dance in this guy's face. And it worked. Bill Burr starts dancing too. Right. Will Ferrell comes out and dances. He says, I love to move my body. <laughs> I thought it was like a really nice scene. Here's a question for you. Is Daddy's Home a better dance movie than Honey? <laughs> well, I mean, no. In terms of just dancing? No. No. In terms of better movie, yeah. In terms of conflict resolution? In terms of conflict resolution, yes. Also, better dance movie than Honey. I feel like there's so much I could have never predicted. I was actually surprised that Brad had a really impressive office and job. I well, I thought he was going to be mild-mannered, but I didn't think he was going to be successful. I didn't think that went hand in hand. See, I but I do hate that in movies because that was like a movie's idea of like middling success when like to an average person would be like, holy shit, this guy has his own office with a view. Like yeah. he looks like he's living the life. But in a movie, it's always like, oh, look, he has a boss and he doesn't have any real power. So like, well, look what a pathetic loser he is. Um, yeah, he looks like he's living a baller life. He has a huge house. Yeah. Come on. I hate that in movies. His boss was one of my favorite characters. Oh, his boss is Thomas Hayden Church. And he just delivers every line, deadpan, keeps telling inappropriate stories. <laughs> I I really liked his character. Yeah, his character is awesome. He's always telling stories about, like, hookers or the crazy sex stories yeah. that happen that have nothing to do with, like, the, the point moral, that he's trying yeah. to make. Yeah, I did like that character a lot. Well, I'm surprised you haven't said this yet. Do you have more Never Could Have Predicted? Oh, I got a ton. Yeah. Okay. Because I was waiting for your you to drop in Kobe. I mean... That's that's a big one. So the whole movie, the little kid is supposed to be a Lakers fan. He's got Lakers bed sheets. He wears a Lakers jacket. He's got Lakers stuff everywhere. He's a huge Lakers fan. Which, I want to know, where was this movie supposed to take place? Good question. Because I got the feeling it was supposed to take place in L.A. But then when they go to the game, in one of the one-upsmanship contests... Brad throws this like elaborate party. There's a pony. There's a trampoline. All that stuff we predicted... And then he gets the kids Lakers tickets, which we found out he spent $18,000. Yes. On, which for courtside seats. I think he got ripped off. They're not even courtside, though. They're, They're like, like three rows close back. to courtside. Yeah. And it's not a Lakers game. They're at a New Orleans Pelicans game, which I don't know if they were the Pelicans back then, but they're at a yeah. New Orleans game. Because you can see it's the New Orleans logo on the floor. The New Orleans players are in the home jerseys. It's clearly a New Orleans game. Then I looked it up. They'd shot the whole movie in New Orleans. Oh, so did they think that we just wouldn't notice and they were trying to pass that off as a Lakers home game? No. Or was the whole movie supposed to take place in New Orleans? That's interesting. I 
don't know. They never established the setting. I would have thought by the kid's room that he, he they were in L.A. also. Yeah, so how did he become such a huge Lakers fan if they live in New Orleans? That's really interesting. But maybe that's why it was so near and dear to him. So now the Lakers were playing the Pelicans. Maybe they moved from L.A. when they were little. I don't know. I had a lot of questions about that. I could see that. But, yeah, so Kobe's in the movie. So it turns out that Marky Mark knows, like, a guy who is now the, a conditioning coach on the Lakers or something. So he's got, like, an in, and now the kid gets to go meet Kobe. I and mean, that's, like, the ultimate one-upsmanship. Linda Cardellini gets real mad that Brad spent $18,000 on these tickets, which nobody's ever spent $18,000 to go to a New Orleans home game. Ever. Sure. If it was Lakers courtside seats, maybe, but they're not in L.A. That's why I think they were trying to dupe us. Okay, okay. I don't know about... I I would be mad, too. $18,000 you shouldn't spend on anything. <laughs> right, so she is mad at him. She leaves him, or she, she walks away. Well, here's the thing. After this incident, they kick Brad out of the house. He gets drunk. He gets drunk at the game. He throws a basketball straight at a kid in a wheelchair's face. Yes, and a cheerleader. And, a cheerleader. and I guess he says a lot of like offensive things into the microphone. But I don't think... That that's that bad. I mean... I don't think it's bad enough to, like, end your marriage over if your ex-husband is living in your house and, like, mooching off of you and he got drunk one time and had an outburst. So I was really kind of confused why that led into him leaving. Or did he leave himself out of shame? I, I think that one. I think he left himself because he was embarrassed. But why wasn't she, like... No, stay. No, stay. I don't know. She was... And then she finally set the boundary with Marky Mark. She was like, you need to get out of the house. Get out of the house, get your shit, go. And Also, we haven't even mentioned that Hannibal Burris plays a character named Griff, Griffin, who that's who they named their baby after. But he also is like living in the house. Marky Mark lets him move into the house and he's hanging out there. She also kicks him out. Good. Why didn't she do that way earlier? Because I think she was waiting for Will Ferrell to step up. She was waiting for him to do it, and when he was out of the house, she's like, all right, I guess I got to do this now. But he's in a precarious situation. She's the only one who can wield that power. He has to be nice because he is the stepdad, and he does love those kids. So he's trying to respect their father. But, I mean, he had talked about, oh, we got to do this loving fence thing where we let him be in their lives, but we also establish boundaries, and he didn't do that. He should have said right from the get-go, you're not staying here. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. It was weird that he just like left the house. Like, what? You're ending your marriage already? I guess he just gave up. He thought he lost. But wait, we've been focusing a lot on all the ways that Brad lost. How did Marky Mark lose? Because they do show us that Marky Mark has trouble dropping off the kids. He right. can't stay in the line at the cones. Um, he has trouble showing up. Like, he's not going to come to the daddy-daughter dance. Yeah, so... Th- so Which, I was really in suspense. I was like, you can't leave that little girl <laughs> hanging. I'll kill you myself. That's your favorite character, yeah. I know. Um, yeah, it, w- it was really interesting how they... The, the whole movie they built up, like, how much better Marky Mark is in every way. But Luna Cardellini kept saying, like, you know, there's a reason why we're not together anymore. There's a reason why, like, I'm with you, Will Ferrell, because he doesn't show up when it's time to be a dad. And then we see, yeah, he's really bad at all the taking kids to their appointments or, you know, like taking them to their activities or volunteering for stuff or, you know. Giving them any kind of stability. And I don't know. I wish they had established a little more, like, why he wouldn't show up. Because they make him too nice. Like, he's not truly... They don't go all the way in making him truly, like, a bad boy, I feel like. 
Yeah. Because he's reading them stories and like he does feel like in a lot Some of ways stuff. he's there for a dad, but like, but what, he just can't show up to a dance? I think it's just his character. He has good intentions. Like I think him, Dusty and Brad both are good dads, but they have these totally separate characters. Brad yeah. is more mild-mannered. Dusty is more free-spirited. I don't know. So they both want to be good dads, but they have their own issues. Yeah. Issues. All right. That's a good point. One more thing I could have never predicted. Hannibal Burris makes a sequel reference. Yeah. He makes reference to a movie that maybe we're going to have to watch now. I've already seen Breaking 2. Wait, what? Yeah. What so, is it? It's a movie about breakdancing from the 80s. It's amazing. So Hannibal Burris is talking about you know dancing and he says, you know, there's a lot of great movies about dancing. Breaking. Breaking right. 2, Electric Boogaloo. And he even says, one of the rare cases where the sequel was better than the original. Ha! But, you know what I'm saying? I've never seen Breaking, but I have seen Breaking 2, Electric Boogaloo. Great. So now we can't watch it. Someday when we get a celebrity in. We're going to have to have them Celebrity co-host. Yeah. Okay. We'll do, we'll do Breaking and Breaking um, 2 with them. That was a good never could have predicted. There were a lot. Halo Burst was like. Maybe my favorite part of the movie. I thought he was really funny. Yeah, he was. He had a really good character, which I'm glad because it seemed like he'd be a cameo, and then he stuck around, yeah, and no, I he liked was, that. Yeah. I could have never predicted that they would kind of shoehorn the whole ending of the movie into like two minutes. Yeah, it's weird because they really built off that. It's more like an epilogue, and then they yeah. took all that stuff and ran with it for the sequel. Yeah, so Dusty lives next door. He has a new wife. He's now a stepdad. The new wife is Alessandra Ambrosio. She's a novelist and a doctor. So then you see Linda Cardellini being uncomfortable. Yeah. They had their baby, Griff. Who they name after Hannibal Burris because there's like a great scene where uh, I think the other kids want them to name the baby after Griff. And uh, I think Will Ferrell says no. And Hannibal Burris is like, why? Because I'm black. <laughs> so they're like pressured into, they're yeah. white guilted into naming yep. the baby after Griff and the handyman. But I'm really happy that they got their baby. Yeah, me too. That's nice. And now everyone is experiencing life from both perspectives. Exactly. Oh, I also love, so the fertility doctor explains what happened because they thought yes. he was sterile. It's because another man came around and his testosterone levels shot up. Yeah. Like it's just like an evolutionary <laughs> trait. I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was a good explanation. Yeah. All right. Are you ready for our two questions? Yes. What did you like better, Daddy's Home or Daddy's Home 2? I got to go with, despite Hannibal Burris's prediction of the sequel being better, <laughs> I'm going with Daddy's Home. This is rare for me. I, I like the original better than the sequel. I thought this was one of the cases where it wasn't close. I thought Daddy's Home was way better. Yeah. I thought you were about to say, despite Hannibal Burris being in it, I'm going to be with the second no. one. And I was going to be legit shocked. Because <laughs> I thought the second one was a piece of shit. Really? I and didn't I think it was that bad. Compared to this one. You know what I was surprised at? I thought Daddy's Home and Daddy's Home 2... Put grown-ups and grown-ups to, to shame. Uh, absolutely. I was under the absolutely. impression that these movies were supposed to be worse than grown-ups. Me too. Oh, contraire. No. I, I mean, I would say that Daddy's Home, the original, might even be in like the upper, maybe half of Ooh. movies we've watched. I thought it was pretty good. Was like good. There were some legitimate laughs. That little girl yeah. was good. Hannibal Burris was great. Thomas Hayden Church was great. Like there, It was like not a bad movie. Yeah. It was it pretty funny. Bad. Um, I think we should just go into all movies with super low expectations. That could be it, too. <laughs> but, I mean, at the same time, 
I went into Grown Ups with really low expectations, and it was painful. It, it was worse than I yeah. even thought. Yeah. This one I thought was pretty good. All right. Now, what did you prefer, the movie you predicted or this movie? Okay. Despite I did like Daddy's Home, my Daddy's Home would have been way better. Why? I think it makes more sense if Mark Wahlberg came out of prison. Why was he not in these kids' lives? And I think that they didn't go far enough in establishing him as, like, a badass. He's a very PG badass. I think if he'd actually gone to prison and he got out of prison and he was out for, like, I don't know, something, like, not terrible, but, like, you know, some kind of robbery. I think that would have been more interesting. It would have been, it would have raised the stakes. It would have made more sense why he needs a place to stay, why he hasn't been around, why, I don't know, why Will Ferrell's threatened. I think all that would have been way more interesting. Bill Burke could have been his crew. I also, I liked my movie more because I would have liked to have seen it start with a proposal or, I don't know, I want to see how did... Will Ferrell and Linda Carlini get together. I know. That would have been interesting. Because it almost seems like she's only with him because he's so... Stable. Stable and, you know, into being a dad and he's going to take them to all these appointments. Like, is there any passion there at all? Or is it just purely practical? So I would have liked to have seen them. I don't know. It's weird that she doesn't even tell Marky Mark that she's remarried and it's been eight months. Yeah, there's so, something going on there. Yeah, so, and and she lets Marky Mark get too close. I don't know. She's He's touching her on the couch. So I would have liked to see more into their relationship and get more insight into that. I'm going to go Daddy's Home. <laughs> really? <laughs> After, yeah, your long explanation. I think I my prediction was okay. I think this movie did a fine job in telling the story. It could have been richer. It could have been deeper. But I don't know that this is that kind of movie. So I'm going to give it to the movie itself. It did its job. All right. All right. I, although I will say we did predict a lot. Yeah. Correct. So like our predictions were pretty close to what actually happened. I thought we did good on this one. We did. We did. Which I don't know is we're getting better or the movie was just predictable. I'm not <laughs> sure. But. Up next, we have a movie I have never seen. I can't believe I've never seen it. I know. It's almost like I feel like it's a classic of, of a sort. Big Mama's House 2. Yeah. With Martin Lawrence, who I love. Yeah, and I remember the heyday of Martin Lawrence. Yeah, this movie is from the heyday of Martin Lawrence. Also kind of the heyday of men dressing up as women in movies. We'll see. Which I also like, you know, Mrs. Doubtfire. (laughs) So join us next time. Big Mama's House 2. As always, I'm Ellie. I'm Patrick. And this has been Reverse sequel.